You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Hey, what's up, everyone? Dude, what a day, huh? It's been a crazy day, man, and it's been a crazy week. I just got back from Texas, teach. Wait, what? Yeah, I was in Austin and Dallas this week, so, you know, I'm always out of town, man. Dude, you're in Korea, you're in Vietnam, then you're in... I was in Thailand. Thailand, and... <laughs> but it sounds a lot like human organ trafficking. <laughs> you really do it. It wouldn't surprise yeah, me. James into a lot of things. What are you really doing over there? Well, you know, you know, I'm a DJ, right? Yeah. And then I also work uh, in art materials. So. All right, so there's lots of quote unquote cases to carry. Yeah, yeah, I have to travel. Uh, have okay, to hold sure. on a second. Hold on a second. Okay. <laughs> like, who's this ladies, guy talking? Ladies and gentlemen, um, very, uh, very honored to have a uh, a legend in the music business, uh, Dave Navarro. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Too. And and fast becoming a legend. In the graffiti art world, I wouldn't say that, but dude, you, you are you. like a workhorse. That's all I care. It's coming from one. Yeah, okay, it takes care. one to know one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the amount of time that you have been actually doing street art, how long? How, when did you start? I would say, well, actually hitting the street about a year ago. A year ago. For my interests, my interests have been since the '80s. I mean, I've been an art collector, art fan. You know, early days of Jane's Addiction. I'm in a band called Jane's Addiction. Yeah, so, for those of you who have no idea. So anyway. back in the early 80s, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have internet. We didn't really know anything. And we were on tours, but we're pretty isolated from the world. So all we had were museums. That's all we had. So we would go to the Tate. We would go wait to the Wait a second, band. wait a second. You and the other guys me and the Jane's bass, Addiction. Me and the bass player, Eric Avery. There were substances involved. I will. I will tell you there well, was. But I can't tell you who you go into a museum. Yeah, I can't. you're a rock star, right. and you're on tour. Yeah, and you're going to a museum. You're like, okay, yeah, I'm but, sorry. I'm just thinking that if I'm a rock star, I'm Dave Navarro, Jane's Addiction, whatever. I'm on tour. You, but you can't look know. at it like that because here's how it is. Because if you're on tour in Minnesota, okay, let's see what's going on. But if you're in Vienna, we're going to see the uh, you know. The bacon freeze, you know. I mean, they, oh you know, what I mean, the okay. the uh, the, yeah. clim, the clim freeze, you know, the okay. Gustav Klimt freeze. I know what that go. is, but most people don't know. What that I've is. seen it. It's in point. the Vienna Secession building. Uh-huh. I've been in that building. I have it tattooed here since then. Yes, you do. But every art has its time, and every time has its freedom. Dude, and so since those days, I've been a, a fanatic about the arts, and particularly the visual arts, because I loved the anonymity attached to that. Because I was in a a world that was so visible and oh, absolutely. That all you were taking, all you were looking at this picture and getting from that picture was yours. And there was nothing attached to it. There wasn't an ego attached to it. There weren't guys jumping around going, look over here, look over here, look over here. No, don't look at him. Look at me. It was just an image. And that really resonated to me, you know, and, uh, that combined with growing up in, uh, in the early seventies in, uh, Basically, was what was the Mad Men era, the post Mad Men era. My dad was senior vice president of the Gray Advertising in California, here in Santa Monica. You grew up here, right? 
Yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wait, we're in City of Industry right now. This dude, <laughs> this dude side. drove. Okay, I'm just sorry. I got a sidebar here for just a second, okay? This is, I mean, I, I love this guy before. I love him even more after <laughs> today because we're in City of Industry at the office, the LA Street Art Design, uh, LA Street Art Gallery. And it's a little hike. It's a little hike outside of where, you know, main, like Hollywood near yeah. where Dave lives. It's about an hour or so drive, if you're lucky with the traffic. That's right. Dude was here early. <laughs> Dude was here early. Thank you, man. Really, really I Well, not only am I, I so you grew up in in yeah. I grew up in. A, well, I came here so early that I went to an art supply store that was has since closed down. So <laughs> the closest one for years, like ten months. Because I'm doing something at home and I need I need like yeah. rolls of brown paper. Yeah, but um. Uh, where were we? We were somewhere in You grew up in Santa Monica, and so you're... In, in L.A., West L.A., basically. That's where uh, I, I came up. But it was kind of Dogtown. Like, if you remember the Dogtown days, the, the skate days. Absolutely. Yeah, the like skateboarding that, yeah. days. When that first hit in L.A. and in Santa Monica, I was I was right in the middle of it. Okay. And those dudes were all my heroes. Of course. You know, See? and then... And then, so, but if, as far as the art connection goes, and so, so I spent my time on tour looking at the arts... I grew up on Fantasia, which okay. was like connected music and strokes and 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 imagery for me. Fantasia from Disney, from Disney's Fantasia, okay. yeah, which connected sure. beautiful music with imagery and imagination. Mm -hmm. And I could see the imagery when my eyes was closed, listening to any music, and including the music I was making. So that became a huge factor is seeing the music that I'm, I'm producing. Like a visual aspect of the music. I can see the visual aspect. Yeah. I can tell you what color every note Synesthesia. is. Synesthesia. Right. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so then I just, and then there's my advertising background. So then you, you take that with Jane's Addiction being early band on the streets. You know, Your advertising had, background. Had to, well, was my father. dad was in advertising. So I grew up with, the, I grew up with a drafting table and all the tools at my disposal. I make oh, the flyers for the band. You know what I mean? Shit, I didn't know that. So I was using X-Acto blades at like fucking, you know, 17. Like okay. cutting out little pieces right. and taping them together because we'd have to go to Xerox machines <laughs> to print them out. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And today's a flyering kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> we used to have these paper things that we used to have called flyers that you would give to people outside the I clubs. can't believe you have to explain what it is. That's I know. So I mean, I'm being sarcastic, but still, but now, it's all digital now. Right? But now they're like works of art because yeah. they're handcrafted pieces of... So you were doing art when you were making music. Basically. Yeah, yeah. We were we were doing all the art ourselves, and Perry Farrell, our singer, had a, a, a tremendous impact on the visual aspect of Jane's Addiction, and, and the visual aspect was always important to us. It had to play out like a drama. It had to be theatrical. It had to evoke feeling. Even if you were to hate it desperately, it was going to evoke something in you. And so that was ours to put out, and it was yours to do with what you wanted. But the transition for me, and also in those early days, I was I was a street junkie. You know, I mean, I spent a lot of time on the street. I, I grew up downtown L.A., scoring dope off the street. Mm -hmm. Living in a trailer park with other junkies, and all we did was when you shoot. say dope disorder, you're like, What type of dope? Heroin, heroin, okay, yeah, yeah. So, heroin and cocaine, and we'd spend weeks at a time shooting cocaine, looking out the window, making sure that they weren't watching. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, they're, they're laughing. But, um, how old, how old were you, would you say, when you started experimenting with? Well, I started experimenting with chemicals around 13, but it wasn't until my mom's death. At 15, oh, until man. the drug addiction 
really took hold of everything. Sure. And so, and that's kind of part of the story too. So, so there's this element of coming up on the street with the band, right? There's this element of handmade, handcrafted firing, which you had to look each other in the eye to give it to them. People would crumble up and throw them away. Right <laughs> in your face. You know what I mean? Like, you know, at least, you, yeah. at least artists can put stuff in a gallery and someone walks by, walks by and goes, that's shit. And the artist doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, the guy yeah. just crumbles up and throws it in your face. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not seeing your band. Like, oh, damn. I poured my heart into this thing. You know what I mean? And then it's like, then you're stuck with like four or five guys in a van, like early days, like we'd play shows and then I'd unplug my amp and pack it up and push it back on the van myself. We have a crew. That's awesome. And yeah, it was all that DIY stuff and it really was bonding and kind of tribal. How old were you when you started playing the, in a band? I think it was about 17 or 18. Because I know for a few years the drummer and I couldn't enter a lot of the clubs we were playing because we were too young. So we had to wait. We'd have to wait outside until showtime and then get snuck in the back and play the show. Oh my God. And so that's where it came from. So, but there's a lot of, so, the element of street junkie uh, life, I bring that up very as a subtle side note because I have a connectivity to being out on the street late at night doing dangerous shit, hoping I don't get caught. Mm-hmm. And I, and as part as a part of that lifestyle is exciting. Yeah. It's a rush. You're comfortable yeah. in it's that. It's a fucking rush. Yeah, yeah. And I've missed that mm-hmm. for 30 years. Okay. You, you know feel what like I mean? you've been living the more comfortable. You, you're not feeling dan- in danger. Uh, it's a different a, adrenaline on a G four, yeah. going from <laughs> Sw- Switzerland to Geneva to play to fucking who knows what. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's I a different type that. of adrenaline. Yeah, I mean it's adrenaline, and so obviously I don't want to live a life that's going to kill me, and uh, and also if we're talking about trauma, which you brought up my mom's death, which was in 1983, she was killed. She was murdered by her then boyfriend. Yes, no, and. Uh, uh, I've I seen was, the documentary. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. So it's I was 15, and, and, check it out. and uh, so I don't know what happened that made me kind of just take action in the arts um, in terms of hitting the street. I just, I was really, I was seeing the nature of this country and seeing how divided we are and seeing the torment and the anger and the hate throughout the country. And I'm like, man, all these people are just traumatized little children. And they really, <laughs> I mean, I don't mean, without, yeah. I mean seriously, like, yeah, no, they yeah. need to be reminded that we all have hearts and we all hurt and we've all been little and we've all been heartbroken and have suffered some kind of loss and have had some kind of trauma. And if we can have just a little bit of empathy for each other, we're going to be closer to resolution rather than anger and hatred because anger and hatred is fear and love is resolution and, and peace and, and knowing each other on an empathetic level. I love that. Let's, so let's, I mean, that very, brings us very to your, yeah, that, that, that's beautiful. But I want to kind of just talk a little bit about your trauma kids series. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's been, um, you know, just pointing out, Oh, David Brown's doing street art now. I love trauma kids series. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have a few to me, but how the story played out about how you and teach did your collaboration on the oh street. My God. That's what I kind of want to talk about because this also leads into the trauma kids. Yeah. Series. Yeah. 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 Um, so one of teaches, as we've been talking on the podcast, his, uh, uh, signature stencils, I would say, is the JFK one, right? Sure, for sure. That's actually one of the earlier ones, and it was because my friend Nancy Collini wanted me to do a JFK on her uh, garage door, and she was in a neighborhood that, you know, was probably going to get tagged up and everything, so oh, I was yeah. like, you know what, let me just do a stencil, okay, because that way when it gets tagged up, I'll just come down and just redo it or whatever. It's still there. It has not been touched, no. and this is 
eight years later. Yeah. Really? So anyway, that same stencil, <laughs> that same stencil, I just hit on this wall that's right outside of the Leslie Kahn acting studio. Yeah. And um, it stayed. It got at one point someone made a Ziggy Stardust out of it with okay. like a little uh, yeah, lightning yeah, the bolt. Lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> Care, you was know it what? executed well enough? That it was, yeah. Did they it get was the proportion done. and the scale and the yes. Okay, all right. Well, fair I didn't do any. I left it. Yeah, I, I was going to say someone you know, else. Someone it, else went by and cleaned it up. If it was like you know haphazardly put in there, <laughs> I have a problem. But they, at least they picked up, you know, the angle of his face. They took that into you know all the proportions were accurate. Okay. They had the colors correct and everything. Fair enough, fair enough. So somebody else cleaned it off. It wasn't you that cleaned it off. Well, it, I guess over time, it kind of it faded, it away. faded away okay. a little bit. Okay. And then, um, oh, dude, I felt kind of bad almost because I get busy. Sometimes I'm not on Instagram for a few days or whatever. And I get on, I log on to Instagram and I see a message from, uh, you know, from Dave. And he's like, I, I hope you're not upset about this. And <laughs> so polite. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What is he talking what did about? He do? I just saw the words first. I, what's he talking about? And then I saw the image, and he had done uh, one of his images is just an awesome image of JFK Jr. when he's saluting, you know, when his dad was driving by for the uh, for the funeral, and he had put that right next to the stencil. And I was like, oh, that is awesome. I love seeing that. Man, you know. It, and so I, you know, I. I sent him that message and then I find out later that he had posted it up you know and all these amazing comments on it and everything and nothing from me <laughs> you know and so I was like oh my god I picked the worst time ever ever to skip being on Instagram and you know as artists we're all like oh yeah we just we think we do something really great and then you know we're all or you know you write a song or you you know you do a piece of art you know you want to show your friends so you kind of want See what people think, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. And of course, you like, response. <laughs> he's like, wait Well, there's even oh. a worse backstory that I don't even think you know. <laughs> oh, no. Well, but first of all, so leading into the trauma kids. But yeah, so I saw it. And here's the thing is I know teachers work. Yeah. And that wall in particular that we're talking about is really bumpy. I mean, there's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's there's, brick. Yeah, it's like, there's not a flat surface mm -hmm. on it. Okay. So I didn't, until I got up there and had my background done, I didn't see, I couldn't see the style of stenciling that had been done until I was right up on it. And I was like, oh, no, this is a teacher. I figured it out. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, my God. What well, gonna... I mean, teach has a very uh, <laughs> unique style. You yeah. I mean, you, you look at it but and if, you know. You know but on this wall yeah. in particular, because it was so Yeah, bumpy it's and wavy. It's, it's a very it's, rough stucco. Yeah, it was. It when you're standing away from it, it just looks like a, a realistic you know, like a portrait. Yeah. So and then you get up on it and you're just like, whoa, man, I'm fucking around. So that's when I reached out to him. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, he wasn't upset at all. He was... He, as well as anyone should be. My God, if you do a piece like I did and he does a piece next to you, you should rejoice. That was well, so me, awesome. Yeah, to me, it just made me... I felt like um, you understood really the culture of it, really, because it's like an addition. You, you always want to add on pieces, a compliment. Right? A compliment. Yes, right. exactly. A compliment. It wasn't a cap. It wasn't a burn. Yeah. It wasn't like trying to say, "Hey, I'm trying to upstage you." It was no. the most awesome compliment I've yeah. had on any of my no, pieces. That, really, that came from a, that just came from uh, the heart. You know, now because, that I, I mean, when I first, the first time I, I, I guess, because um, I had already done him somewhere else. Yeah. And I, had, I just happened to have the stencil in the car coming from that nice. place. Nice. And we were driving up, I think it's Obrea or Highland. I was like, Yeah, um, Obrea. Yeah. And I'm like, 
Holy shit, dude. There's, if there's ever a right spot, there. there's ever a spot for this. We it, got, it was like 4.30 p.m. That street, going all that traffic going up there. I was like, fuck, it's four layers. Four or five layers. I'm like, fuck it, we're doing this. There's people coming in and out of that business. They're like looking over at me. I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> this is all good. They're and filming. Then, they're filming it's, here. It's posture, dude. It's all behavior. Yeah. You act like you know what you're doing. People oh, yeah. fuck with you. Yeah, like I had my stuff laid out. Like I own the space. <laughs> no problem. But I was worried. I was worried because I'd had a, um, a run-in in New York. Okay. I was just going to, I was wondering if you'd had one of those yet. What, what you want of those? With cops. Like, you know, oh, not with done. cops. Oh, I've had lots of cop runs. My favorite one was there's an abandoned CVS on Sunset, and I hit the front of it and said overkill because it was kind of against Big Pharma. Because mm-hmm. basically what they do is they're trying to string out everybody who isn't sick. Right. Yep. You know what I mean? So yep. they got these people who are sick. They're yep. strung out. Let's get everybody else. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's what they're really, yep. that's the secret plan. At least yeah. I believe. So I, I did this overkill image because it was a shutdown pharmacy. And in the middle of it, you know, I get pulled, I get the lit up and the, the woo, like the, you know, what are you doing? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I get all that shit. And I, and I look and I go over to the guy and I go, Hey man, this this building is going to be torn down. As you can see, it's vacant. I'm just, you know, I'm just adding some art to it. I, you know, I didn't mean any fence here. Yeah. He's like, that's vandalism, and somebody owns that property, and blah blah blah. I thought I told you to, you know, one of those. <laughs> Did you recognize me though? No. Okay. Why I thought I told you to stay clear in here, you crazy kids. <laughs> so I just said, okay, okay, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And then he goes, okay, just pack it up in your in your. And oh, you, so he, he, oh. it was cool. Right, right. And I walk away, and then I go. Whoa, 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 wait. He's driving away and he presses the brake and I go back and I go, Officer, I just have one line left. Just can you let me finish this <laughs> one line? I'm telling because it was it was my skull with the emblem yeah. and like the, the the handle of the spoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? The handle wasn't done, it wouldn't make any sense. I'm like, please. I'm just telling, there. You're I go, just yeah, there. no, it was just a syringe and a spoon and then nothing left. There's no handle. Yeah. I was like, fuck, dude. One line, then I'm out. You'll never see me again. Like, Do the line, get the fuck out of here. Hey, that's a and cool he, cop. It man. was cool. That's it was cool. cool. Oh, that was man. the best running. Man, I wish I, you know, cops are usually not that cool, definitely. No. That's so, wait, what so, happened in New York? What happened in New York? Well, in New York, I had put up with, there's a, right when you're going in the Holland Tunnel, there's a, Big area, and yeah, there's there's Shepherd, there's everybody, you, you know, there's a Cobra right by going into the the tunnel there, and there's a lot of graffiti there, and there's a lot of there's some like, there's an invader piece right there. It's like it's a very kind of hallowed area, and it's hard to get to. It's okay. right off the freeway, and I've been going in and out of it for years doing the Ink Master show. Okay, and I've always seen this space, this sign that's on the top of the freeway with a tag on it where it says bubble letters and I'm like but right above it there's just all kinds of space I'm like oh, and I want to yes. hit that yes you know you what I mean yes. I got it it's like fuck it and so like I made my driver pull over in the middle of the fucking traffic and I ran across the street with my stencil <laughs> and my paint and I got there and I was like there's no fucking way I'm going to reach that thing and there was a ladder 
on the fucking rooftop. <laughs> you understand? I'm like three stories high, right? <laughs> so and there's cars go, <laughs> and it's windy as fuck. It's yeah, cold. It's yeah. in the middle of December or whatever in the winter. Oh. And, and so I'm up there. I'm freezing. I got my stencil and I'm taping it up. And a gust of wind comes. <laughs> it blows like a fuck, like a kite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I push it back down and I get it stuck. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. It's done. I blast it in. I do a background. I blast it in. I go, great, let's get the fuck out of here. I pull it down. I'm like, oh, no. And it went. I bumped the bubble letters. Oh, like, no. Like six <laughs> inches. Oh, no. And I knew. I was like, oh, God. Don't sign this one, bro. Just get no. the fuck out of here. Don't sign this one. But, like, someone's going to know. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what it was, what it was, was uh, a graffiti artist named Nace who passed away years ago. Oh, and no. this was an in <laughs> memoriam piece. Oh God! Done oh. by Rhyme from MSK. Oh my oh, God! Okay, so well, I didn't know him then. Okay. Oh, this, this is what happened. <laughs> oh so, God! So I'm okay, like MSK. Just so you people know, yeah. MSK uh, Mad Society Kings is one of the roughest, toughest graffiti crews. Most talented, also. We out talk there. If you, you don't, you don't bit? go near their pieces. No. Basically, you don't. You just. If, if they've done a, a memorial, <laughs> <laughs> for a homie that they crossed, and me with my mom, and like my whole trip is about people we yeah, knew. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. I felt so bad. Oh my god! And so I go, I call my buddy Tommy, who uh, I don't know if you know Tommy Ethan Arman, who does the. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so who Ethan, who does those big great wheat pastes of the human body? Yes, it's okay. very uh, rudiment. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, elementary style. Uh, yes. childlike drawing that's it's childlike drawing that's on the realm of a Basquiat style of let's, let's pull some, some people think it right? some people go oh is that a Basquiat like yeah. they really do yeah but um so I call Tommy and I'm like dude I, I sent him a picture I'm like is this okay and he's like I don't know. Me ask Giz. <laughs> text Giz in New York, another great artist, and. Um, He's like, oh, that's not good, man. Rhyme did that. So I was asking if I could get Rhyme's number to call him, you know, and just say, hey, bro, this thing happened. It was an accident. And, you know, I'm sorry. So Rhyme doesn't want that. He wants he wants to have a sit down. Oh, face God. To oh face, my God. Sit down. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is like the. Uh, like, I'm going to get whacked. It's a graffiti castle. <laughs> no, it's like, it was like the scene from The Godfather at the restaurant where, like, I'm going to speak to Mike. I'm going to speak to Mike Lynn in Italian. It was, like, it was like that. So I'm sitting there and it's fucking intense. MSK does not fuck no, around. No, they don't fuck around. Giz is there. Rhymes there. I'm in his studio, in his hood, in his surf, yeah. like talking about something that meant something to him. And I'm like, look, dude, I understand the rules. I respect the rules. And it was a total accident. It was wind. I was fucking cold. I apologize. <laughs> and I said, what, I, what can I do to make it up to you? And he's like, well... Sorry's are cheap, man. Everybody can be sorry. And I said, no, well, you're missing what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm sorry. What can I do to make it up to you? Mm -hmm. I'm saying, do you want me to go buff my piece? Do you want me to go help you fix your piece? Do you want me to walk away altogether and you can just wipe mine? Whatever you want to do. I'll help pay for it. I'll take us there. Whatever you want. And he's like, no. And then I'm looking around his studio and I'm looking at his paintings. And I'm like, hey, man, have you ever, have you ever done DMT? <laughs> <laughs> That's so random. And it is random, right? But I'm like looking around and I'm like, this guy's been places that I've been. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's like, why do you ask that? And I go, oh, I'm just looking at your work. And I'm, and from that moment on, we never really talked about it again. 
That's and awesome, we just man. went shot into this realm of spirituality and working with different experimental medicines and getting into self-care and healing and and all of a sudden bonded on some really like emotionally profound intimate things with Giz too. Yeah. And so Dude, you're so lucky. I know, I know. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, think God Grado would be to be like beat no, we beat the shit out of Dave Navarro. It'd be so yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, they'd be a big name for that. Be, yeah, yeah, they'd be great. Great. Exactly. That but so be. what ended up happening was we became, you know, we became tight as a result of that because we had this connection. And uh last week we had uh we flew like nine dudes in. And we had a ceremony at my house, oh, and shit. that and that was, uh, and I, I feel free telling it because Ryan was on my last podcast, and not only did we talk about it, but we were on mushrooms for that podcast. <laughs> yeah, Whoa, dude, that is names of the uh, audience. Talk change. about brave. Yeah, well, that holy was, cow, that man. Was, that was, the second half falls apart. But that was, <laughs> <laughs> How can the audience find the podcast? Uh, it's on iTunes. It's called Dave Navarro's Dark Matter. Oh, nice, nice. I just, I just got to say, Rhyme is, is uh, amazingly talented. The He's artwork incredible. is crazy good. He's incredible. So what, what started as a fuck-up on the street that could have led to, like, some serious beef and, like, some serious, like, either a beatdown or you're dead, like, knowing your fucking toy, fuck yourself. Yeah, you, know? you don't like, do anything anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Basically. Like, they, yeah, that's they, it. they scrub everything you do. Yeah, yeah, you're gone. So yeah. I just, I knew that, and I reached out to him within 10 minutes. Like, within 10 minutes, I knew. That's why. You know what I mean? Yeah. And do. so, uh, and, and then it, it launched into this other thing, and he says, do you remember how you said that you would make it up to me? And I said, yes. And he said, how about if we do a ceremony at your house? Me and eight other guys, and we'll keep them quiet and, and small, and, and we want you in the ceremony too, and, and this is a self-discovery, self-healing thing. And I'm going through that whole trip, and I was like, hey, man, sure. Wow, and so, that's so damn cool. And then, he stuck, and then he stuck around an extra day to do my podcast. So, like, what started off as a really... As a really uh, Touchy, touchy, awkward. As a touchy, awkward thing turned into a beautiful thing. And that's, that's awesome, man. And that's, major, major problem. And that's what I'm really loving about the arts in general is that yourself, of course, teacher, and so many people that I've worked with have been so, um, once, even if there's a prickly edge, once you get past that, everybody's so willing to talk about their craftsmanship and how they do stuff and like share and like yeah. it's not like that in, in it's not uh, like that in music no, I mean it's not like that yeah. in music it's not, it's not like, like that. that in anything you know what no. I mean it's yeah, like yeah, definitely. you know what you're, you're one of the artists that is trying to get a nice uh, a good message out there a good you know some good images out there you're trying to bring awareness and everything and when you're doing that there's a community of artists that will back you yeah you know what I mean when you're yeah. trying to do good things out there so let's talk about the trauma kit yeah um, so um, it started with, uh, it's interesting that in a weird, strange way, Life After Death is the name I go by, and it's on it's Instagram, Life After Death Street, because I think Life After Death was taken by some yeah. supernatural place, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing to do with supernatural They stuff. sell crystals and no, this is, potions. This is, about, this is about what death does to the people who remain alive, the lives after death. Right, so mm -hmm. I love it. I love the idea. Yeah, that's me. That's my family. That's my dad. That's everybody. The thousands of people whose lives were were permanently changed forever as a result of the act of this one killer who took my mother away, yes. who took my innocence away as a child, took my youth away, and uh, I grew up. It was the most traumatic experience of my life, 
And what happens with trauma is it lives in the body, you know, and uh, and it, it's it's ready to go. So if you go through enough trauma and you don't seek help or get work on it, you have a tendency to overreact to minimal things Absolutely. because your your neural pathway is now going down the same path that it knows. When I'm scared, I go this way. Yeah. When I feel fear, I go like, this way. Simplifies everything. Yeah, simplifies. It doesn't matter how the size of the issue. I'm afraid, or I'm terrified, or I'm like I'm I'm in fear that something bad's going to happen. And I started looking around at all the other kids that have faced to this, younger than me, and uh, some that didn't make it. And I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to spread that message that we all have our own traumas, and you don't know it. And I like, you know, in one way what's really beautiful about it and what and why I do it under a different name is because, you know, I want to strip myself of my own identity when I'm working on that. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just that simple. I've created a, whatever it is over the past few years, you know, some kind of persona that's Dave Navarro. That's, that's fine. Whatever. I like that too. Cause but, there's a lot of, um, anonymous kind of like street artist kind of stuff. And one of the things like I always loved about teach, from the very beginning, we just posted a recent uh, flashback Friday of Teach's uh, recap video, and Teach was one of the you know street artists that hey, this is me. Yeah, I've already been arrested. I'm actually yeah. <laughs> trying not to get arrested again. But there's a lot of ways because what my important thing is the message. It's not so much yeah. uh, always like you know the vandalism, which is part of it too. You know, I, I think I think that if there's supposed to be an instinctual message, if you're driving by and you see one of these little kids, it's just you just have your heart be touched. Well, let's talk you know, about just the other soften yeah. you up for a little bit. You yeah. know, what so I mean? we know about JFK Jr. Who else? I did John John Benet Ramsey. Um, I did uh, I did the little girl in the red coat from Schindler's List, which to me, uh, if you've seen the film, yes. do you remember? Okay, so there's a little girl. It's a black and white film. And she's walking around, you know, the occupation, the Nazi occupation. The only color in the whole film. Black white film. Yep. She's her coat is red, yep. and she's walking around lost and terrified and scared and abandoned and has no idea what's going on. And there's people dying next to her. It's trauma, 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 trauma. You know, a shooting line of ten people being killed right in front of her, and she just has no idea where her parents are. Yeah. And she hides, and the Nazis ultimately find her. And then the next scene you see is the little red coat on a cart yep. carrying bodies away. Yep. And it's it's like, I identify with that little girl walking around what in the it? world and not knowing where I am or, or being afraid and, and trying to share that with people and saying, look, if you feel that way, the strength here is reaching out for help. And it's really interesting that you played uh, Painted Black when we started the show. That's the theme. Because the last time I played that song was with Chester Bennington. Oh, really? Who, when you asked me what's next on the on the Trauma Kids series, I did um, Dead, as you know, from Yeah, Mayhem. yeah. Is, I, did, I was going to ask you, is Dead from Mayhem? Because he was 22 when he died. You, you know what I mean? So, I, yeah, to I'm me. I'm 53. He's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a kid. You know what I mean? So I was just wondering if that's part of the series. Yeah, it is part of the series. And you know what? The trauma kid is, and you know what? He wasn't. A, he was. A, he was an adult when he killed himself. Yeah. But I guarantee you that there wasn't a traumatic event that day, and he killed himself. Yeah. Like, no. Can we you talk about I mean? this for the right, audience right, real quick? Right. Just yeah. This yeah, 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 is so yeah. like interesting of a topic to me, and uh, you know, I've, I've been a big fan of Dave, uh, Dave. Just you know, I grew up listening to Dave, so just to be sitting here is awesome. 
um, one of the things that you know a lot of my friends got into is just darker and darker metal music. You yeah. know, it just gets darker and darker as you go. And there's a genre of it called uh, Norwegian black metal, basically. Yeah. And this is in oh, 1991. Man. Okay, so this is well, not. There's actually there's there's Norwegian black metal, mm-hmm. and then there's true Norwegian black metal. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what's the difference right there? I've got. I'm not exactly sure, but I do know there's a difference because my fascination with the genre has nothing to do with the music. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I actually, you know, the music. If you listen to it, it's kind of like um, what you imagine. I don't know. Sounds from hell sounds like. I would say it's a lot of the vocals are like. Well, put it this way, you know, I mean, it's it's just like crazy demonic okay, this, stuff. I, 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 can I don't des- know that I've ever heard this or whatever, but I, can, I like all types of music. So. I can describe it to you this way: it's the kind of music that they were using at Gitmo to torture guys. <laughs> oh yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, no kidding, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. It is because the intention behind some of the early Norwegian black metal was to sound as terrible as possible. Record all the instruments with one microphone. Oh, the singer sang through a head, like one side of a headphone thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. as a microphone <laughs> to just make it sound thin and annoying and aggressive. And so, it's like they're raping the music almost. Yeah, anything that's musical, but that's the thing. They, they, anything that's musical and that is the norm, they want to do the opposite. Right. So it's, that's their whole thing. It's so crazy because that region, like, you know, Norway, Sweden, they're known to be happy. <laughs> right? right. But if you, if you watch some of those documentaries, then there's a documentary Until the Light Will Take Us. Yeah. And there's a doc, there's a film called uh, called uh, The Lords of Chaos, which kind of gives an overview of the, of the story. But, like, these kids are teenagers in Norway where it's nighttime half the year, where it's it's a forest (laughs) and fog and water and nighttime and maybe a convenience store. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And like a pub. That's what they got. You know what I mean? So they had to invent this culture and scene to separate themselves and and get into that kind of pack mentality that herd mentality i think the viking culture kind of has something to do with it It has a lot to do with it's really really violent and it's about valhalla you you know what i mean it's about like uh, celebrating death and things like that tough badass (laughs) well you you ask if you ask a lot of them the whole movement is is waged against uh the the catholic church coming and dominating and implanting itself. Exactly, Norway. exactly. So they're they're tapping into that range. But what, for whatever reason... There's yeah, plenty let, of it there. But yeah, let's go sure. back and talk about Dead. So Dead was the lead singer of this group named Mayhem. Which Dead? Is, yeah, his yeah. name is... His, they, they, he calls himself Dead, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, so basically he's like a... If you can imagine like kind of like the crow, the crow makeup. Sure. You, you yeah. know what I mean? It's kind of similar to that, basically. So uh, I think they got their record deal when they were like 17 or something like that, and they were releasing their, you know, album. But anyways, so after their success, you know, they got to talk themselves. It's like this uh, whole uh, culture of, you know, violence and death and darkness. So basically, before they released the second album, this guy, the lead singer, after they recorded all the stuff, he went, he was, went inside the room and then he basically slit his wrist and then blew himself in the face of the shotgun and killed himself. Okay. Oh damn. <laughs> this is just I mean and then the 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 is it the guitarist? Yes. Yeah, the guitarist <laughs> went to a uh, a mini mart and got a disposable camera, came back to the scene before calling anyone, got wait, some shots. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. went and got a camera, 
took pictures of his dead friend before the cops got there. Okay, okay, yeah, because he's before think, they had your own. He's think oh he's already God. thinking marketing for the future. He's thinking this is our next album cover, <laughs> and it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and it was yeah followed by you know then there then there was Varg that came in and and then uh, one of the that's Varg, some sinister shit yeah, yeah Varg basically he uh he's one of the um we got some static coming up take a break for a second yeah let's oh, fix that yeah no <laughs> Of course you're going to get static from some like comments like that <laughs> we're, we're summoning something right now <laughs> And we're back. So we're talking about um, mayhem. <laughs> the reason why we had all of that <laughs> well, static. Yeah, and then you brought up, yeah, you know, that was... Uh, kind of crazy, maybe some spirits flying through the wires. But they're not necessarily Satan worshippers. Yeah. They're just into suffering and destruction. They're into the dark arts. So, so my, my... They want to see who can suffer more. So, listen, so I, I, there's a whole lot going on about that movement because of the films that are out currently, and I was really kind of touched by this character who was this, you know, who reached basically the dream that he had been longing for and then killed himself. And it made me wonder, like, you know, these, regardless of the genre or the scene, and I just wanted to put some humanity to that because when you think about the deaf black metal scene and the guy killed himself and it's this and it's it's almost gorific yeah. in a way. You it's, know what I mean? It's like horror genre. It's like yeah. glorifying, horrifying, all of the above. But if you really peel back the layers, this kid was seriously troubled. Yeah, and, and you know so what? He know left, nobody, nobody stepped in. I would be... He left a note. His suicide note. confused if he wasn't. His suicide note said, pardon the blood. <laughs> yeah. Pardon the blood. So he was... Yeah, yeah, sense least, humor about it. yeah okay. you know what I mean? So it's just like, you can tell that he was just mentally like really fucked up, you know? You know? And uh, it, no, that's what I wanted to ask you actually. Well, you did. it is part of the Trauma Kid series. Basically. Yeah, because it, for know? me, I see uh, somebody who probably went through a lot as a kid. Yeah, we don't really know too much about... I was just going to say, is there anything known about what kind of trauma he dealt with? I don't know, but you know what's interesting about trauma, and then... They said he was bullied. That's about it. You know what I mean? Oh, that's all it takes. It it could be bullied. It could be not being supported at home. There's something called pre-verbal trauma, which is when, you know, you leave a baby crying in the crib, Mm. and you're like, well, he's got to cry himself to sleep. He's got to learn, right? But that kid feels just abandonment. Because it doesn't understand why it's crying and just nobody's ha- nobody's helping him. Right. You know what I mean? He's hungry. He wants to go to the bathroom. He's, why is nobody love me all of a sudden? So that kind of stuff, you know, you don't want to, you know, it's a fine line. But that kind of stuff does tend to embed itself on a molecular level. And so what Rhyme and I and that ceremony, what we were trying to do, and I say this in all seriousness, we were you know there are safe ways to go about this and there are unsafe ways to go about this and if this is interesting to you on any level get informed and learn the safe ways don't go to craigslist or to some guy's house in silver lake and take a bunch of ayahuasca i'm just saying do it the correct way you know what i mean i mean you want to talk about gmt for a little bit well i was just going to say when i was going to bring it back to 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 rhyme and so like and the and the pal pal is the guy's name who 
turn his name is dead. His original name is Pell. Oh, okay. So that piece is called Pell is Dead. Pell is Dead. Which okay. makes sense. Um, <laughs> I, I, did you put it under your stairs? I Clever. I, I did put it under my I think, stairs. I just thought that's so Dave Navarro about it. I'm like, if I was like getting a, if you're like getting a cup of water at nighttime, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you see dead underneath your stairs. <laughs> I love that. Good luck getting back to sleep. But anyway, so to bring it back, so, okay, so what I'm talking about is that kind of fear and that kind of suffering that we, I'll go through and what Rhyme and I are trying to do is, is heal that yeah. and to get that out and look at it and grow from it and, and learn expansive ideas through that. Mm-hmm. So that's where that's coming from. But the reason I brought up uh, Painted Black being interesting and Chester singing that with me because my next series of Trauma Kids are going to be three very close friends of mine that have all died within the past couple of years yeah. when they were kids. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what I mean. I see what you're saying. Yeah, they died as kids. No, no, no. They no, died. No, no, no. They're well-known guys, and Chester's one of them. Um, Scott, you see, Scott Weiland, oh, Chester, right. Chris Cornell. Yeah, like, these are all friends of mine. Yeah, they no. I mean, to me, oh man, I'm killed themselves right now, man. Um, you know, to me, and I, I want to, and I want to embrace and cultivate and and and, uh, and shed the humanity of their inner child rather than this blown out of proportion like you know rock well just like the uh bigger than life version yeah i'm gonna say you know yes we have this bigger life version of this person but this is who he is so you have you you have uh you have like children pictures of them like a real personality like how yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of instead scared. of just everyone thinking he's some kind of god or like untouchable and like yeah. inv- invincible, you know, you know, this is a hurt. Child. A lot of people think a lot of I'm rock stars are invincible. How, how it looks, you know, yeah, yeah. So it's a hurt child, man, for sure. So anyway, I don't want to get too down. I mean, I still no, have no, a lot no. of fun out there. Yeah. Too, oh, you know, know? yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, no, but <laughs> I think that that's that's the thing. Like, uh, just you talking about your art right now. When I think the community saw it, we knew it wasn't very basic art. It wasn't just like, I don't know. Well, it wasn't someone out there trying to make a name for themselves and no. sell themselves it, and, and get me, a branding or whatever. it was some sort of therapy. A lot of Teach always oh, talks absolutely. about it's like therapeutic to go yeah. out uh, on the street and you know do something. So uh, one other thing, piece I wanted to talk about with you is the Chick-fil-A piece. I, I, oh, yeah. Dude, I actually brilliant. love that, man. I love <laughs> so that. Brilliant. And I wanted to, that, you know, we posted that on LA Street Art Gallery. And uh, to me, that was the moment. Uh, for me, I was like, okay, he's, he's in. <laughs> because it has like all the elements I love. Yeah. Uh, what I love about street art. So maybe you want to tell the. Uh... Sure, sure. So I, I've taken to uh, enjoying creating vinyl, vinyl stickers or signs, if you will, of corporations that are problematic in, in, in our society. And I, and I put these signs on the, the facilities, the stores, the businesses or their trucks or whatever. So it looks like it's supposed to be there. That's what it is, yeah. But the messaging is my own. <laughs> so like if you go to the McDonald's in, in, in New York City, I saw that one and you too, open yeah. the door, it says over 100,000 acres uh, destroyed daily. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of over 100 million served. served right. But then it's got the golden arches and it's still there. And it's if you're not there. There. if you're not paying attention, like most people aren't, they're just going through life, yeah. not not paying attention. Yeah, and I would, that's why I would say street art is like a gift because if you're in, if you're in the community yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. paying attention, 
these little things that you pop up and you're like, oh, I think if you know who it is too, yeah. it's just like, it's just so meaningful. So you the know? Chick-fil-A yeah, one. the Chick-fil-A. So the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> well, then I did another one for Nike where it was a Nike store. It was like a, a Soho, big Nike store. I made their logo and it said, uh, made by the finest little hands we <laughs> 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 The finest little hands we can underpay. <laughs> I really enjoyed that one. But, but the, the, one, the thing I loved about the Chick-fil-A one is that you put it on the, the van. Yeah, so I went to Chick-fil-A. So I went to Chick-fil-A to, to scope it out, like at a, at a regular time, at like dinner time, eight o'clock. Oh, let's see where I can put it, what it would look like, blah, blah, blah. And that logo, if you cut those things out of vinyl, that's not easy to fuck with. You know? Oh, no. Yeah. You gotta get, Especially to get lined up straight. Line it up straight, and you got to make sure everything comes off, and you can get little bits, and you got to go slow, letter by letter sometimes. Because it's almost like... Uh, uh, that uh, old school, what did you call it, acetate or those letters that used to rub off? Burnish, yeah. You know those letters that came on a on a sheet and used to rub them off? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's like that kind of, and you have to use a flat card to keep it down. Yep. And, you know. So I see the sign, and I see yeah, there's no way I'm going to get to the door, but now I'm already pumped. Like, fuck it, we're doing this. <laughs> I'm not coming back. I'm doing this now. Committed. So, so I'm looking around, and I see the Chick-fil-A uh, delivery truck. <laughs> and I go, oh my god, that would fit so perfect. Then I held it up to the back bumper, and I'm like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. And so you got a picture that, meanwhile, at Chick-fil-A, they take its drive through It's a drive-thru, yeah. It's 8, 8 p.m., and it's packed. Yeah. And what they do is they have, like, people with walkie-talkies out there taking your orders, because it's so busy. There's, like, a crew of people that are all, like... It almost looks like, you know, naval intelligence. Or like <laughs> affirmative. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So, and they're coming back and forth through the store to bring orders out. And so, yep. it took like an hour to do. <laughs> and dedication. Yeah. I had a friend stand there going, okay, nope. Okay, go ahead. Nope. You put one letter at a time, right? <laughs> yeah, and then so, and then as, as every street artist knows, the instant I'm on a phone call move, yeah, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll be there in twenty minutes. You know, the, the, I wasn't just vandalizing; I'm making a phone call. Yes. So, yeah. so don't bother me. I'm, I'm on the phone. A lot of that. Yeah, a lot yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then I just got it on there, and what it ended up saying was uh, Chick Fil A, uh, where we take your money and send it off to hate groups. <laughs> and that's. I believe still driving around the city. Right that, now. That's, I, it must be. You know why? Because it, it looks, looks so much like the font, man. It is the font. Yeah, I took it. So I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, and to me, it's what I love about it is it's it's move. It's like riding around too. You know what I mean? And it just remind me of like you know you see uh, delivery trucks here. And then they're all tagged up in the back. Yeah. Know? Like back in the day, the graffiti style. Yeah. You know? mm. And I, what I love about street artists a lot of times is that, you know, we're finding, they're finding different ways to update those traditions, you, you know. And different mediums. Exactly. And I just felt it's kind of like an ode to the graffiti mm -hmm. world, but mm -hmm. also it's, you know, vinyl stickers. So it's kind of like new, you know what I mean? So to yeah. me, that was, we had to post that one just because I was like, Guys, he gets it. <laughs> well, the best part, Absolutely. what I love about that is that if you if you write something that you have a message and you write it on their truck, they're gonna see it and wash it off in two seconds. Yep. But if it looks like it's supposed to be there, yeah. 
That's why the one in the McDonald's is probably still there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, wait, times? I'm sorry. I got to interrupt here for a second. This is hilarious. Look over there, James. Look. What's they that? keep coming over here. What is it? There are, I'm, okay, I've counted about 35 or 40 uh, these little Chinese girls that keep on coming up to the window. Oh, yeah, should I tell a great story looking, about that? And, <laughs> yeah, and see, now, wait a second. Yeah, you got to listen to this story, okay? Um, we're, you know, the office building we're in, uh, is, I, they must have called their friends, too, because oh, yeah. there were not that many of them here, okay? <laughs> and so they keep peeking in, and Dave, what, so what? So I was out there waiting to start the podcast. We're in this building. It's a shared space. Yeah, it's a shared space. And uh, someone grabs me and goes, Excuse me. Are you a magician? <laughs> no, honey, I'm not a magician. Can I get a picture with you anyway? Uh, yeah, okay. So we get a picture. And then I go, all right. Just for this once. And I do the old, like, pull the, f- the thumb off the... <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it twice, ladies. Makes it look like he's pulling the thumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. That the, uh, we're going to get this for the, uh, the, the promo. I wonder if he just mispronounced right musician. You know what I mean? Because. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> this happens a lot. Because I'm at that level of uh, visibility and celebrity yeah. where people recognize me, but they don't know where. <laughs> they, don't know, they don't know what. No, you're, you're right. It's really true. They're like, oh. And then the hat, you're wearing a hat today, so yeah. that may have... Well, people well, people know you for... Because, like, when, when I grew up, I mean, like, you know, we saw your wedding on TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, like... Well, people, Jane's addiction, okay? I, yeah, yeah, definitely. But, um, you know, Carbon and Electra wedding, they had it on MTV when I was a kid, basically, growing up. So everybody knows okay. Dave for, like, some random thing. <laughs> what, what, you know? That's crazy. <laughs> and so... It, to me, it's... You know, Dave has that dark... Uh, vibe, so he could be a magician. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like, think of it as my later Orson Welles phase. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you know what I just realized? Fels- what? You look like a better looking Chris Angel. That's who they think I am. That's who they a think I am. Better looking Chris Angel. Dude, I can't tell you how many times, if I had a dollar for every time I was walking through a casino in Las Vegas and I heard, Chris Angel, do some magic, man! <laughs> I'm like, Guys, Chris Angel doesn't have a fucking beard. <laughs> the fuck's that's away from me? That's, that's, that's his trick this time. Yeah, I looked, I looked like this before he did. And then I also get David Blaine. So oh. oh my god! All time, always magicians. So I was with. Uh, so yeah. So what, what, I really thought, and I can say this because I'm Chinese. Like, I really thought they mis- They just heard. Musician and no, 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 no. <laughs> let me tell you this. Not only does it happen all the time, but I was in a Starbucks and this guy was like, Bro, my wife loves your show. And I'm thinking, Oh, she watches Ink, Ink Master. Master. Yeah, yeah. I got it. It's says, When's the next Mind Freak coming out? And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Dude? So let me ask and you. I go, when I go, uh, I'm working on it now, man. It's gonna be great. It's gonna blow your mind. <laughs> I told him that. I go, it's going to blow your mind. I like that you just go with it. Oh, yeah. Levitate so off goes, a bridge this so time. So he goes, can I get a picture? And I go, absolutely. So I was dressed up because I was going to some events. I had mm-hmm. a shirt and a tie on. Yeah. And yeah, your viewers can't, your listeners can't see this, but I, I made this like face with hands. Like, <laughs> magical, like I'm doing That's some, the typical magician. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm doing so some illusion. Yeah. Yeah. And so he thinks he has a picture with Chris Angel. But, uh, <laughs> That's hilarious, man. I, I love that. <laughs> So I mean, we're pre- I think 
we, you know, we want to talk about, you know, where you want to go with your street art, basically. Like, what's the goal? Wait, what's, I, I want to know about the, the, the technique, the process. Like, when you're, um, you know, do you, do you sit down and watch something? Do you, you know, how do you, how do you come up with... Uh, with co conceptual ideas? Yeah. Okay, first of all, can you grab me a little bit there? There you go. Um, I will do anything for... I have a, a pad, or I just have an idea thing in my in my phone. Mm -hmm. Just anytime I think of something, I write it down. Even... Even if you have to be willing to write down the bad ideas to find yeah, the good ones. Absolutely. So I write down every idea and then I skim through them and then sometimes something resonates, something doesn't. Um, every once in a while, I'll just search something random that will spin into an idea. So, like, if you, like, I don't want to have anything to do with, like, I have no message with prothesis. You know what I mean? Right. For instance, but if you look up, you know, early turn of the century prosthetics and you see some of the mechanics mechanics in those things mm -hmm. and some of the early illustrations it can send you down a, a rabbit hole of sure. other of other things and that's just poking around for ideas let alone I do the same thing you know it's what i mean cool. yeah. yeah so that's one way the other way is just like i feel this certain way and i need to express it and maybe someone will see it maybe somebody won't and or for me like when it came down to those fuck cats, I don't know if you've seen this. <laughs> I didn't know those were you, but I oh, have seen me. <laughs> well, and that's, oh, wait a second. Okay, so there's that's just funny, and I just yeah, want to do yeah, something funny. Cool. Like, yeah. Curious. There's um, okay. There was a lady. Um, God, I wish my friend Michael Stills could uh, tell me the exact name of this lady that actually started putting the cats out originally. She did. She sprayed a, a stencil of, of just the before hijack. Before hijack. Oh, okay. Okay, and then uh, Michael actually uh started um putting them up okay uh and then hijack was actually the one that obsessed on it okay. and just made it famous basically. yeah 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 um but then <laughs> <laughs> well i just naturally asked what anyone would ask where are all these cats coming from <laughs> and it occurred to me i have the answer this is this is and where you know what I think it's also I, I like the image as well because basically the image that he puts up is a cat um, going doggy style. Yeah, another cat. <laughs> cat style. <laughs> I like it because it's just you know it, it, there's a irony in there. Something. Yeah, but I, I but it's also influence. Yeah. There's 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 a positive influence there. Okay, suppose you got a guy you know who's just driving down the street happens to see that you know and he's like oh, I'm gonna go home and fuck my wife. <laughs> just you know. It's a laugh. <laughs> It's just, a, it's just a laugh, you know, if that's yeah, a gift, that you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. You know, hijack gives people the, oh, gift, and yeah. I give them the laughter. <laughs> but I was never trying to make fun of him, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. I think he's not happy about it, oh, so really? I may have to abandon him. What? No, 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 no. no. I well, that, that, I mean, now, now it's, on the, it's on the podcast. You know your intentions. So. Well, yeah. my, here's the thing. I might turn it into something else. Okay. I'm thinking of doing Revenge Babies. And Revenge Babies are silhouettes of little babies crawling around. Oh, so creepy. And what they are, <laughs> and what they are, when you know, then they happen. And I might get in trouble for saying this, but when a relationship doesn't work out, work out, and there's some ladies in the room, and I'll ask you, do you know what a revenge baby is? <laughs> she does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to say it. There we go. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. I, I, trauma. Trauma. I just learned something today, man. Yeah. I just Fuck you! Today. You're gonna leave me. I'm gonna start a whole life and a family, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I think that might be a good series. That might be a good series. Yeah. Revenge babies. Yeah. Well, you know what? You gotta have. I, I think you gotta have a balance, at least for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, I think you got to put some good stuff out there that yeah. put some good messages. But I think also if that's all you ever do, then you kind of get a little crazy. Oh, yeah. Or no. crazy in a, in a bad way. But crazy can be very good. And I think that when you balance it out with fun stuff like that, it yeah. really helps. Yeah. So and, and for me, it's it's like I have to, I, you know, I drive around with a bunch of stuff in my truck and I just, whatever. <laughs> Wait, I think you were telling me about one time you were doing a piece and a couple of, couple of kids walked up that recognized you. Yeah. And where they say, they're like, are you, are you Dave Navarro? And where is it? And then you were like, uh, yeah, you know, and, and then you said they were like, this is, this is what you're doing now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the best. So I'm on Melrose at like 2.30 on my knees. In the morning or in the afternoon? In the afternoon. Okay. Well, you never <laughs> know. You, know, you, like, you never like, know. Foot traffic, daylight, you know, and I'm, and I'm spray painting fuck cats on the wall. Like, that's what, of all the things. Like, that's what I also was worried about. Like, I'm going to get stopped by the cops doing fuck cats. I'm not going to get stopped doing JFK Jr. <laughs> Officer, it's JFK Jr. One of America's exactly. later. I'm, I'm not going to get stopped that. I'm going to get no. stopped doing those. I can see so, the TMZ headlines. So Dave the guy Navarro goes, goes <laughs> oh, oh, dude, Dave Navarro with James Nixon? I go, yeah. I look up and I'm like, I'm in the middle of like, you know, blacking this thing out. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, these are fuck cats. <laughs> and he looks at his friend and he's like, this is what you're doing? <laughs> and I came up with it. I was like, yeah. yeah this, is it. this is it. I was like, oh, it's such like a disappointment tone or what? <laughs> it's just awesome, but it turns into folklore. Like, you know, ran into Dave Miller's screens. <laughs> you gotta think, you gotta have visionary thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, for instance, my podcast, my last podcast, me and Ryan did mushrooms, as I told you, and it turned into a catastrophe. And it was, <laughs> it fell apart and two guys on mushrooms would on the radio. Yeah. And my my crew was very upset about it. Like, oh, it's a guy ruined the show and blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm like, good good. And I'm like, I'm going to go download that show right now. I go, dude, it's hard to listen to. I will, I will give them that. They're not wrong about that. But I, I, I say... Years, 20 years from now, this is going to be like the drunken Orson Welles wine commercial. <laughs> you know what I mean? How do you, you have to go over the edge to know where it is. Sometimes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know? Like, this is going to be like 20 years from now, kids are going to be going, oh, well, did you ever see this one? This is, like, you know what I mean? Like, like we do now. Yeah, I mean, that's, to me... Which is why I'm trying to... I, I don't mean to interrupt no, you, no, but no, which is why at this, at, this, at this stage, why I'm trying to... Uh, curate my home to include oh, most, of, most of the the voices on the street of today because I feel that in this transition transitional phase of the Trump era this is going to be one of the most studied eras of all time yeah it's true, it's true. I mean, we're still, what artists produce during this time is going to be viewed for decades and it's going to be important to see so what I want to do is keep my house and invite my people and people who are inspiring me and my friends and helping me and, and my teachers really to do the house and have it be an accurate representation of this time frame. And then I have, I have lofty plans to move to the, the forest, you know, outside <laughs> of Portland. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, beautiful. No, the, yeah, the, the, like, I can, wait, I can just yeah, tell you, dude, this house is amazing. And I, I kind of dubbed it the, the Dave Navarro Collection Museum. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> because it is, it is a museum, dude. Nice. You go in there and you look at it and you get it's the top stuff from the top guys in this area. So it is the Dave Navarro Collection Museum. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's awesome. And that yet another reason why I just love this guy. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I really want to thank you. And I really want to keep, so I want, my plans are to keep the house 
for you know as long as my life goes, and then hopefully turn it into something you know art school for kids. Oh, dude, that should be some kind of a, a, it a museum. Be, it has to be a structure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a there's city. room in there. There's room. In, I've been there. It's amazing. It's you got enough room in there to where you can actually have little classes for and sure and have kids in there, oh, and then they sure. walk around, they study the artwork and everything, and then. Oh. I mean, yeah. it would be great. And I also want to teach, you know, I also want to, I mean, I want to capture the era. Like if you had a building you could walk into that was all the voices of the Watergate era. Yeah. Like, that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking about. That level of uh, intensity right that's now. That's where we are. That yeah. is exactly where we yeah. are in the political history yeah. right now. And it is terrifying. Well, I like that. I, I, that you kind of answered my question earlier. I was like, oh, where, where do you, uh, what are you doing with the street art like what's your direction you want to go you know what i mean so i kind of see i, I bet you one thing yeah. I, and I, <laughs> I bet you this dude can never stop doing street art but that i can tell you is probably true <laughs> okay i don't know i like I, that i like that. i can say that the direction is um that it just it gives me direction okay i like you know? that it's therapeutic man yeah yeah, yeah. like i you know i know a lot of people don't like to cut stencils and we were talking about this and I love it, man. I can just, you know, I can just zone out and it's meditative. And I, I mm -hmm. you know, I, I think an hour went by and six went by. I know. Yeah. You know, you're like, God, I'm crushing it. <laughs> My wife comes out in the garage and she's like, you know, do you want to come watch a show with me? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'll be in in just a minute, you know. And then she comes out later and she's like, I guess you didn't want to watch that with me. I'm like, I'm, oh, sorry. Yeah. You know, three hours just went by. Well, I do that too. Like, I'm getting through a stencil and I'm like, I'm killing it today. Man. <laughs> I'm on fire. And I look at my watch and four hours went by. Yeah. yeah, killing it. Yeah, you just have no sense of time. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's why I respect Teach so much, man. This guy does so many sense. I mean, uh, John Singleton died just a few days ago, oh and then God, all God. of a sudden, bam, there's one on the street. What it's a just... massive one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I couldn't sleep that night and, and knew I was going to be up for a while, so it's you know, a good seven hours of street cutting. Yeah, yeah, therapeutic, it had... man. It's very therapeutic. It is very you know peaceful. Even the ones I don't use, like I'll I'll cut a whole thing and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't think so. You know what? So, are you planning to have a show at some point in time? You think? I'll participate in shows when okay. I'm asked. You know, okay. Um, typically, uh, I, what I love about the street art that that I'm 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 really attracted to is the impermanence. So I'm just gonna say he yeah. is doing a show. Like you know, every few days or so in the fucking street. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I like the and impermanence, and I and I, I I leave the canvases. Like if someone wants to collab, uh -huh. then I leave that knowledge to them. You know, because yeah. I'm just, you know, for me, I'm kind of on the fringe of it. Like I want to be more on the. I just want to do it for the sake of doing. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then as soon as, as soon as I start selling paintings, it's just it's. I want to make it a business. You know what I mean? Yeah, this well, is you're right. This is my uh, therapy. This is where I get to run away to. Okay, you know? I like that answer. I don't. I'm not. I don't need money. I'm not, I mean, I'm not rich. I'm not poor. <laughs> I don't need more, but I don't want less. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm happy yeah. with where I'm at. Yeah, but um, that's nice. I like that. You, you know, know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't need more. Yeah. We've had. We've had um, in the past, like as LA Street Gallery, we're one of the oldest street art blogs in LA, and uh, we've had in the past just a lot of different uh, people tried to, who are. Uh, you know, different celebrities try to get involved and work with us. And I've had like uh, teen idols ask us, say, hey, um, can we have a mentor for street art? You know? <laughs> and to me, it was, I, we always just, I always is curious because I'm like, 
this guy doesn't understand what the hell is going on right now. You just need to go out, you need to go out and start doing it. That, that's what you need to do. Yeah, so exactly. I'm always curious about just, um, you know, where it's coming from. But hearing your story, how, you know, it seems like it's all for the right reasons, you know. And, and, I, and I just, I love the physicality of it. It's work. I mean, it is work. You know, here's, here's, a, here's a really interesting story about that. I don't know if that interesting, but there's an artist named Meg Zaney, who you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, she and I were working on a piece about equality, you know, she that's a big part of her voice. And yes. we kind of did it together from cutting together to painting the background together sure. to spraying it together. And she did it in my house. That's a gorgeous painting. And that whole week, we were getting inundated with direct messages from people accusing us of like completely missing the message and accusing us of some kind of relationship. Well, of course, because she's attractive. Because they're attractive. As if, as if it mattered anyway, like that you're in your fucking business to begin with. Yeah. But like the, the point was that, that, that I actually had to comment on the thing was I'm like, Hey man, you guys are missing the whole point of this. Now, this the message of the piece. The message of the piece is yeah. like, you know, equality, you know, it's just, now, when the piece is all done, we'll have a different conversation. <laughs> 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 no, I'm hey, I'm not I'm afraid. Meg Zaney is one attractive young no, lady. No, she's, she's stunning. She's stunning. But yeah. there's nothing there. You know I mean? It was just like, a, it just, no, it, it showed me that, like, you know, you really, and when I first started posting stuff, I didn't want to explain it. You know, I just wanted it to speak for itself. Yeah. Like, I wanted yeah. to be that lofty, mysterious, like, it needs no... But you know what? It does <laughs> yeah. need a And that's what we wanted to have. You know what I mean? Like, I found yeah. out in this day and age, it does. People do put their own narratives to... Especially to art, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. To, to be honest, um, that's why I wanted to talk to you about the trauma kids. I knew about your story, mm -hmm. uh, you know, about your mom, and I was just like, um, yeah, is this therapy? You know what I mean? Is this, like, what is the reason behind the trauma kids? I don't know. I think that, I think that every time... I paint one, I'm getting in touch with myself a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's different areas of it, like with the, uh, obviously, you know, the girl in the red coat, it's just, that's a representation of fear and isolation and loss. Yeah. Uh, the Jean Bonnet thing is a representation of just brutal, unthinkable crimes and, and murder. Yeah, because and, at first I thought it was like, oh, you know, JFK Jr. lost a parent, you know, I mean, because that was the first one I saw, and then yeah, I was like, oh, okay, but then I saw the John Bonnet Ramsey, I was like, okay, it's, it doesn't mean that. So it's kind of... No, just, it's, not a, it's not a lost parent, but yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a trauma club. Exactly. And I feel, you know, a lot of people survive trauma and move on with their lives, a lot of people don't, unfortunately, and I, th I think that the people who do move on with their lives and make something productive and helpful and positive with that uh, with that condition can not only heal themselves but make a lot of other people feel really comfortable absolutely help yeah. others to heal themselves you know because there's a stigma along with like mental illness you know yeah, yeah they feel like it's a weakness you're showing a weakness when you need help right that's and, such bullshit and I feel like we deserve fucking medals yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Definitely, like, <laughs> you know. So like, That's a pretty good idea. You know what I mean. So like, if you're, if you've suffered and survived and 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 and, and soldiered through the unthinkable in your life, you should, you know. That Seems like I cut you off. Sorry, Siri's just talking right here. I don't That's know all right. Why. That's all right. But if you if you're going through that, in, you know, in your life, I don't even remember what the point I was making. But you know, it's a it's a it's a club, man, and. What I was trying to say is that, you know, everybody puts their own, uh, one thing I love about street art is 
you know, there is a message, but people kind of relate to the message differently. Mm -hmm. He's personally, mm -hmm. and they're looking at it. And, you know, street art is so random. It's like a gift sometimes. And then, you know, especially now we have it on social media, you can kind of keep that. And it's not so temporary anymore. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I think Instagram's really changed the game for uh, street artists in general, you know. So, I mean, we look forward to really seeing more from, you know, we're just wondering, like, a lot of people, you know, they want to promote Dave Navarro. And you know, as a separate thing, right, is, right. is that, is that the, you know, what do you want? What do you want my, the community to see? My real rule is I don't, I don't really care. Like, like you know what I mean? Like I yeah. just that's absolutely perfect. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not trying to make. I don't go on Dave Navarro's social media and say, look at these. Look here's what I'm doing. Yeah, I have a whole site for that. That's you know, there's like a couple thousand people on there, and I'm cool with it, and I'm not trying to do anything. And so the only way I post stuff on the Dave Navarro page is if I'm working with another artist. Yeah, and I want. To share their, their work yeah. with a lot of people. So mm -hmm. damn cool. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So that's the only way I'll do yeah, it. But yeah. then, like, if it's my own, you know, I just, I don't, I don't really. So how can people buy your pieces? I know you have some prints coming out, right? You know, what's funny is I actually have uh, a few. There's a, there's a print coming out from House of Rue um, that I did with Hetad and JC okay. out in New York. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. I saw that. And That's then I have awesome. a piece that I did with Al Diaz coming out, okay. which is like a silk screen. Nice. And then, I don't know what else. We've talked about possibly doing a run of a limited run, me and Teach, okay. of our piece. And I'm definitely, uh, I have it stretched. And I'm definitely going to get it shot nice. Oh, I got to nice. tell this story right quick. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're running up, so maybe let's close it out with this story, yeah? Okay. okay. So, I mean, I don't want to end, but we got another no, guest coming. Dude, Door, you go nowhere, dude. We're going for hours. Um, so this happened right at right when he had done the, the piece next to the JFK, and uh, we had just you know talked about it on DM'd each other on Instagram, and it just so happened that that week I got a piece back from a gallery that uh, it was just too big for the guy to even hang, so it, it had just been rolled up in this guy's gallery for about a year, and I had just gotten this thing back. And so when this came up, I was like, you know what? I've always felt like that canvas could use something else on it. And it's, it's huge. It's like six feet by nine feet. Okay. And it's just rolled up canvas. It has JFK on there. And it has a little teach piece on there with a flag behind it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm sitting there going, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I uh, filled, pulled up an old picture and I sent it to Dave. And I was like, hey, Dave, how about we put uh, old JFK Jr. on this? And he was like, oh, my God. And uh, so I took it over to his house, and we sat there and worked on it, and we got it done. And uh, he's like, "Well, so what do you want to do with this thing?" I'm like, "It's uh, it's not going back to my house." <laughs> it's <is> massive. <laughs> it I saw it, man. It's a it's it's such a beautiful collaboration, and what I love it is like it started off in the streets, man. It was a That's natural true. collaboration. Absolutely. It wasn't like contrived, you, you know. Yeah. And um, I think you know a lot of art these days. It's a lot of like just showmanship, you know what I mean? It's not so much like, uh, I think, you know, provocative necessarily. And it, this was, to me, like I said, I earned a lot of respect for you um, just when you actually just understood you put the JFK Jr. right by Teacher Stencil. I mean, Thanks. that hits all the aspects of like, hey, you know, wh why is he doing this? It's, you know, for artistic purposes, not just for self-gain, man. So No, I don't have any, any <laughs> self-gain. And, and when I told Teacher... Oddly enough, I've been to this building about 700 times, it seems. <laughs> now, every time I'm here, I think I'll never come back here. And I always come back. I appreciate that. The That's last so time I was here, 
last time I was here, I, I how did I put it? I said I said I don't consider myself an artist. I consider myself a conveyor of ideas. Yeah, and then that's cool. I like cool. that. And then you said, "Well, that is art." And yeah, I said maybe you know, and I just I use whatever disposals, whatever tools are at my disposal. But that's one of the wonderful things. And I keep going back to this collaboration thing and why I've been collaborating with so many people is because the same thing with music. The more musicians you play with, the more techniques you learn, the more you Absolutely. pick up, you know, the more involved you invested you get in your instrument, the yeah. more you learn. And yeah. and so, you know, I've been getting a crash course from like some of the most amazing teachers in the world. Teacher being one, <laughs> my buddy Vile being one, Thrashbird, Sec, Trickster. All these really incredible people rhyme. And music's not like that, you know. I'm a musician too, and it's very, very hard, especially in the DJ world, you know, to find like a group of people that will actually take you in. Oh, really? And, uh, well, I don't know, Solomon, Solomon, our producer, is also a DJ too. We often talk about this too. I mean, it's kind of just like in the musician world, people have egos, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of just like, are you on my level? Are you yeah. on my level? <laughs> a lot of I, have, I also have to, yeah. add, I have to add uh, Plastic Jesus to oh, that yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's been really, really, really helpful. Let's talk a little bit about um, Plastic Jesus did a show with uh, Billy Morrison, which was your ex-co-host, right? Yeah, was yeah. that one of the reasons why you got into street art a little bit too? Well, Billy does fine art. Okay. So I don't, um, no, it's not. Okay. He uh, he does he does canvases purely. Mm, okay. And um, that's the world he likes to live in. Okay. And Dude, I got to tell you, I, I uh, was just going through Instagram one day and I saw you, <laughs> Plastic Jesus did this piece where he took a, uh, guitar and it looks like the yeah. bottom part of it is yeah, yeah, melted yeah, yeah. yeah and dave got on that thing and just started thrashing <laughs> shredding yeah it was very I did, it didn't look like it would work <laughs> it did not look like it would it work it barely did oh my <laughs> god dude that was amazing it, it's a cool piece it yeah. barely worked but it worked <laughs> it sounded awesome man and it looked even more amazing yeah he did a great job on that and i saw the process of him melting the you know melting each little thing i mean he really is so he like, actually melted that guitar down. He he had to take pieces. He had to like do molds of each individual piece, oh, okay. and then have to melt, remake the piece so it would melt, like the knobs, every little thing. Oh man, like, he went crazy. Oh, There's he's... a whole story about it on his IG. It's great. Well, let's check it out. Um, yeah, you know. So, are you doing any other collaborations soon? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm working on a couple of different things, and um, hopefully. Uh, you'll see them soon. I don't really want to say what they are because I, I don't. I'm the same way, dude. I understand. Follow. No, yeah, I'd like, rather say, "Look what I did" instead of talking about "Look what I'm." That's exactly the same do. way because as soon as I tell you, it's gonna fall apart. Yeah, yeah. and then it's gonna. <laughs> It'll never be as good as it was gonna be. No, it's gonna be this amazing thing that you know. I'm just gonna keep at it, just slow and just slow and low and just like you know. I'm not trying to. I'm just, look, put it this way. To be here on a Saturday talking about art with you guys is like, well, you know, the what? best thing. At least that's what I'd want to do. Yeah. LA Shore Gallery, man, we're one of the oldest blogs. We welcome you to the community, yeah, man. man. Thank you. And, uh, you know, if you want to follow more of Dave Street Art, uh, it's Life After Death Street on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, LA Shore Gallery, we're going to be featuring some of his stuff too. But we really want to thank you, man, for coming in. Dude, totally. Coming in early. <laughs> you know, early. just hanging out with us for so long, man. So we just really appreciate it. <laughs> I actually would also want to th throw a thank you out to Robbie Canal, who's the first street artist oh, I noticed. He's, he's a, a legend. He is Robbie Canal. 
Okay. Uh, you know him? Yes. I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I have a question from yeah. a friend. At, uh, okay. He really wanted to know what kind of ice cream you like, man. A friend wanted to know that? Yeah. Yeah. He's a big fan. He's like, you know what? Can you just ask him what kind of ice cream Dave Navarro likes, dude? And I said, I don't know, man. Is but this I will. Guy, he's, a big par- fa- he's a big James. He's parked in front of my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, long. I did this. How long, is he, how long before he gets here? Uh, um, I have mint chocolate chip. Hey, Ooh. I like mint chocolate chip too. All right, love that. Yeah. It's a good call. All right, well that's the end. Okay, no, wait, guys. people, uh, please uh, look us up, um, give us a review. Also, yes. that helps us to uh, build our audience. Um, thanks so much for listening. Thank you guys, love you guys. Bye. Did